Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the privilege of having Edward Williams, the head honcho at Williams Financial Group. Eddie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Umar. It's a pleasure being here. Superb. So head honcho, is that an upgrade or a downgrade, do you think? (laughs) I think you're giving me too much credit, but I, I appreciate it. One of the reasons I was excited to talk to you is that you get to do something really amazing, which is you get to help people in their uh, lives in the financial area, and you get to sell your services in the way you do. And we'll talk about that, how you get appointments. But also we're talking about money and people have a lot of baggage around money because, you know, we were taught as kids, you know, not to talk about money. That's kind of like rude. So how do you find that when you engage with people? How do you get them to get over that hurdle of it's okay to talk about your finances? Yeah, so that's the challenge because I don't really look at what we're doing as as being salesmen. Um, if anything, we're we're selling people on belief in in themselves. You know, we we believe in them, and so we're trying to coach them to believe in themselves. And and so there's sometimes it can be mindset challenges, and uh, yeah, Always that's mindset. difficult yeah. to overcome. So tell me about one of your uh, clients. Of course, don't name names. Unless it's Charles Tucker, in which case you can name that name. Just okay. kidding. Can I, can I tell you? Friend, by the way. Hey, you know, he's also my client. No, I'm just kidding. And But think about a particular client that when you first started interacting and first started helping them with what they were doing, and then how you got them to change their way of thinking around money, like the before and after. Yeah, yeah. So I, I remember taking care of a, a client who... She was in her her 60s, uh, early 60s, and she hadn't saved, and she wanted an opportunity of being able to retire by 65, and she didn't have anything, and uh, you know, all she had was was social security. And so, when someone comes into our office, um, you know, we we try to just lay out everything on the table to see what they where they currently are versus where they want to be. Yes. Now, she was she was defeated before she even came into the the office because she she led with, uh, you know, Edward is it's no way that you guys are going to be able to help me. There's there's nothing that can be done. Uh, I'll just simply have to work until until I die. That's the only option uh, because Social Security is just not enough. But what we found, um, you know, in laying out everything that she has is you know wealth building is it's a it's a process it's it's not really a a a destination you know and so if you if you offer someone you know if someone can save a dollar today they'll have a, you know that much more later on in the future and so what we did we put together a, a great plan for her allowing her to have more money in the future than what she currently has. And, and to this day now, uh, we're, we're often getting, you know, letters from her and, and, and she, we get referrals from her because we, we instilled, we instilled hope, which was, which was lost. 
Excellent. And I mean, that's huge. And when I ask people, I, I take them through this exercise and I go, okay, I'm going to suggest what your annual income should be. And I start very low and I start working my way up and I get really, really high on an annual income. And when I ask the audience, you know, what was that like when the numbers that I was suggesting that you should earn was a lot lower than you're doing right now? What I hear back is people go, well, I totally ignored you because, you know, that's not me. And other people got angry. How dare you suggest, you know, I only earn this much. And then I get to kind of what they're earning right now. And most people go, eh, it's okay, or I feel comfortable. And then when they get, when I get slightly higher than the earning, they get really excited. Right. But when I get a lot higher than they're earning right now, that's when the inner voice comes up. I'll be working all the time. My kids turn to drugs. I could become a rich asshole. I mean, all that beliefs that we have. And what it illustrates is it doesn't matter what their annual income is, is that there's a comfort zone around it. And one of the reasons we don't go beyond that is our beliefs dictate our comfort zone around money. And once we let go of those beliefs and get new beliefs, we don't have to work much harder. It just seems to flow more easily. So it's all about beliefs around money, around wealth, around self-worth that determine, you know, how we show up in life. Absolutely. Absolutely, Omar. In fact, you know, before we can even start talking about building wealth, um, it's, it's, it's enforcing a positive set of, of beliefs, you know, and, and, and perception with how you view money, you know, because a lot of people do have perception issues. Um, and, and then certainly after, you know, perception and we go into, uh, you know, habits and, and things such as procrastination and, and having a certain amount of pride and absolutely it just numerous features that, that dictates how to how to build wealth and, and grow money. What's interesting is, you know, if you had a friend, it could happen, Eddie, that was in a really, really toxic relationship with their significant other. You could take them aside and say, you know, dude, what are you doing? This uh, relationship isn't working. And it might be difficult to have that conversation. But if they were truly close friends, we would have that conversation with them. You know, this is not good for you. But people have relationship with money. And some relationships are very positive and some relationships are very toxic. And it just seems that we can't as comfortably, even though talking about somebody else's spouse is really uncomfortable, but it's a hundred times easier than talking to people about their relationship with money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting you, you say that because I remember starting out, um, you know, I've been doing this a little over 23 years now. And I remember when I was starting out, um, this was a, a popular objection, you know, just uh, most people saying that, you know, I'm fine. There's nothing that you can tell me or, or, or nothing you can offer me that would that I would be interested in. And overcoming that that objection, it was it was, uh, you know, it was also the, the greatest challenge of of our careers, you know, but once you yes. figure out, once you figure out how to do that, then it's, it's, it's a lot easier afterwards. Because there's a hopelessness for those people. They seem like they're trapped in their circumstance. And one of the things that people that are truly wealthy, and I mean more in a mindset point of view, is that many of those people have lost fortunes, but when they lose a fortune, it's just, they brush themselves off and go, okay, the next time getting it back is going to be easier. And it's just a mindset shift that is like super important to getting the financial resources we need because money isn't everything. But 
it gives us the ability to look after our families better, look after our communities better, figure out the causes that really need help and have the means to help them because good intentions are nice, but cash is better. Oh, excellent. Yes. Mindset. If, you know, it, it's best to have an abundance mindset. And so what you were referring to was, was scarcity. You know, it, it's, it's when someone doesn't have um, you know, they, they start thinking in terms of loss uh, as, a, as opposed to gain. So, yeah, Omar, and you, you know this better than, than anyone. What's interesting is that in the world, there is more wealth now than ever before in history because we are creating ideas that change the world. We get uh, commodities or raw materials that we use more efficiently. Like in the past, we needed X amount of platinum to get a job done. Now we can use like one-tenth of it and get a better job done. So this mindset that it's a zero-sum game is not true, that our creativity, our ingenuity allow us to create new opportunities for wealth, and it brings wealth into this world that didn't exist before. And if you could only get people to shift their thinking around it, that more people would become wealthier. And that's the way you change the world because money isn't everything, like I said, but we could cure a lot of problems if we had more cash, that's for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I tell, you know, it's not hard to accumulate. You know, it's, it's not something that, that's difficult. I mean, if you if you just take one, $1 you know, and you, you double $1 a year for 20 years, then you have over a million dollars. You know, you take one dollar, you double it every year for 20 years, you got over a million dollars. So then you ask yourself, why isn't everyone a millionaire? You know, and, right. it, and it's because of that mindset that you that you're talking about. It's because because of that scarcity thinking, uh, because of that those belief systems. So that that's the you know, that's the challenge. Once you get over that, then it's just it's, it's all downhill from from there. Definitely. Uh, it's really interesting. I used to have a radio show in town. Actually, our mutual friend, uh, Charles Tucker and I, used to host this show. And the show uh, ended, but about a year after it ended, a PR agency that used to send us guests said, you know, Umar, could you do a podcast with this guy? He's doing something interesting. And said, sure, I'd be happy to talk to this guy. And his name escapes me, but I will remember it and put it in the show notes. So this guy calls me up. He says, oh, I'm doing a tour of the US. I'll be coming to Baltimore. And he was an Australian. And he goes... I'm on a budget. Could you put me up at your house on your couch? <laughs> and my wife, you know, who is a lovely woman said, could this stranger come into our house? She goes, sure. And this is what the guy was doing. The guy was a financial planner. Okay. And in the 2007, 2008 crash, he was in a hotel ballroom with uh, hundreds of his customers and they were all freaking out and panicking. And he was just thinking, you know, I can't help these, you know, 60, 70 year old people out. But I could make a difference if I actually helped uh, kids in elementary school out. So that idea gave him an epiphany to write a book. And he wrote a book. It was a kid's book about our relationship with money and saving and investing. Mm. And he reached out to Warren, Warren Buffett and said, you know, one of the characters I want to do is Buffett Rabbit, you know, named after you, who's, you know, slow and steady and not, you know, the fancy here. And he wrote this kid's book and his goal was to get a million of these books into the hands of school kids. And he was going around the world, going to elementary school classes, teaching about finances. And I thought, totally brilliant. It was somebody that saw a problem and figured that can't easily help. Although you help, you know, 40 year olds and 60 year olds. But if we could help people that are eight to understand 
that they could have a better relationship with money and invest and get the things that they want, that it would change the world. And that's what he's doing. And uh, I was happy to have him on our couch for a couple of days to be my small way of helping the cause out. Right, right. Well, you know, I can't, I think the youth presents another challenge because the, the youth, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. And because they haven't had, they haven't had those encounters um, that, you know, kind of pushes them and say, look, you have to save, you have to grow money, you have to make sure you have these things in place. You kind of think that you have forever. And you never, it's no, no heightened sense of urgency. And so I guess the, the trick is, if you could get the youth to have a heightened sense of urgency, oh my gosh, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. So I, I love, I love what, 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 what he's doing. I, I wish you can remember his name because I would, I would love to reach out to him and, and simply just thank him. I will put in the show notes and I'll send you a direct link to it. What's kind of interesting is the reason these kids are our kids don't get the right education is because their parents and their grandparents don't have good relationships with money. And so it's hard for them to, I'm sure some parents do, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And of course, kids always go with what they see us doing. Right. But I want to change the direction of our conversation, Eddie. Sure, sure, certainly. A lot of people that listen to this podcast are sales leaders and salespeople. And one of the most challenging areas is how do I get an appointment? How do I get a conversation with uh, a prospective client? And you have many ways to do that. I was hoping you could share some of the ways that you've used in your career to get appointments. And I think that would add a lot of value to our listeners. Sure, sure, certainly. I, I have a philosophy where, and I tell my entire staff this, it's, it's always easier to attract than to, than to chase. You know, when you're chasing a, a prospect, I mean, a, I guess that's the phrase they call for, for targets, it's, um, it's a lot more challenging. You know, no one likes to be sold to, you know. And that whole, as I, as I started with saying in the beginning of the, the podcast, the, the, word, the word selling, it, it typically has negative connotations to it. You know, it, it's, it's um, you know, people think about uh, negotiating or convincing or manipulating, transactional. Those are all words that no one likes to, to be a part of, you know. And I, I, I guess just imagine, so me, Omar, imagine me going up to you and, and not knowing you and saying, uh, you know, uh, hello, good morning, you know, I'm a salesman. And I'm going to try to sell you what I have in my bag so that I can profit off of you and, and you can help me do it. You know, now I want you to take time out of your, 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 your busy day and, and take time away from your family and give me a, a few hours so I can continue to try to profit and, and, and make money off of you. Now, with that type of lead, you know, no one's really going to want to buy from you, you know, and, and it's and it's the same. I know I was exaggerating with the verbiage, but that's basically what happens when you when you go up to someone. Now, if you I guess if you reverse engineer it and, and attract versus chasing, then it, it probably sounds a little something like this. So, Umar, listen. I really care about you during these trying times right now. You know, the, the subject of, of making your money outlive you, you know, it, it can, it, it's pretty challenging, you know, and, and especially when it seems like it's not enough to, to last for a month, you know. And so 
I'm going to be teaching this subject at a local church next week, and um, I'm going to make sure that my expert team is is right there in position, ready to be a great resource for you. Here's a, here's a ticket for you to come. All right, you know that that approach is a whole lot more welcoming. And so to answer your question, how we get how we get prospects is is simply that. I mean, we do a loads of of just educating and, and seminar selling, and um, you know, coming from a standpoint of of helping. And is nothing that we do that is that is selling. That's interesting. And uh, Eddie, one of the things that you have coming out, which is pretty exciting, is another book. Tell us about the book. Yes, this is the name of the book is called Wealth Building for Beginners. We're, we're releasing it October 28th. And it's an insider look on how you can build wealth from any age, any starting point. Uh, I talk about different experiences I've, I've had with clients. We talk about, you know, mindset shifts, habits, financial tools. The purpose of the book is just to enforce practical systems you know, for achieving, achieving wealth. And it's pretty interesting because I, I talk a lot about my experience, Umar. And I, you know, I was that guy who never saved. I was that guy who had absolutely nothing. And, and so I've, I've been able to build and, and, um, you know, I would, I would consider myself to be, you know, pretty, pretty lucky. And so I jotted down everything that I did and everything that I see successful clients do. And yes. I met with the team of people and I, and I shaped it and I, I put it all into this book so it can be an instruction manual on, on achieving wealth. Because there is no secret to it in the grand scheme of things is if you spend less money than you earn, you will get savings. If you invest those wisely, it will grow faster than the interest that the bank gives you. But yet it's so challenging for many of us. Do you want to hear something shocking that'll give you nightmares, Eddie? <laughs> sure, sure. Tell me. The next time you're driving in downtown Baltimore and there's a homeless person asking you for money, if you peered into their cup and the cup that they're holding happened to have $10 in it, that that homeless person with $10 worth of net worth would be richer than 50% of all Americans. Yeah. Because we carry so much debt that even though we you know, have equity in our house, by the time you take the credit cards into account and the size of the mortgage, most people are in a negative position. Indeed, indeed, and you know that that is scary, but it's it's realistic. I've had um, you know doctors that came into my office who have worked with you know anesthesiologists and heart surgeons who have had a negative net worth, um, and I've had a, a, a barber, you know, a, a barber shop, like someone who cuts hair, uh, come into my office who you know has a positive net worth, and and they're able to build, and and they're on a faster course to achieve their their goals of wealth. So yeah. I've, I've seen it, you know, and it's unfortunate. So I'll leave you with a last quote, and I'm going to paraphrase this. This is from Charles Dickens. He goes, uh, annual income, 20 pounds, five pence. Annual expenditures, 20 pounds, results in happiness. With the same income, with spending a little bit more is unhappiness. So it doesn't take a lot to build a good life. And the reason I'm happy to have you here, Eddie, is that you help people with sound, simple advice to change their lives around so they can actually provide for their families, their education, and their retirements. Eddie, thanks so much for uh, being on the show. We're going to put all the connections to you, your website, and all those other links in the show notes, and also a link to your upcoming book. Oh, fantastic. 
Fantastic. Thank you, Umar. It's a, it's a pleasure. And I love what you're doing, you know, and, and, and keep keep creating great value because you're 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 doing well. Thanks so much, Eddie. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 